Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Make this confession with me. This is my Bible. It is the mind of God clothed in my vocabulary. It reveals the will of God to me. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I will hear the word of God tonight. Faith will come into my heart. I will believe and receive the good things that God has for me. Because this is the word of God. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Therefore, I know. When I have the word of God on my situation, I have God on my situation. Therefore, my situation must change in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bible to um, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. This is a support text. It wasn't, I was going to quote it, but I'll just let you read it. And I appreciate God, amen, for Sister Deborah and Sister Bethany coming out, part of our prayer team. And my brother is, is, is viewing us from Pennsylvania tonight. Praise the Lord. So I appreciate God for him. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Hasten, the Hebrew word shawzak. I will hasten my word to perform it. I'm going to watch over, watch for, stay awake, be sleepless where my word is concerned so that I can accomplish it. So God is watching for his word. Are you speaking it? And then he's watching over the word that he spoke for one reason, to accomplish it, to bring it to pass, to manifest it, to cause it to come forth. Now, let's go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 8. 1 Kings chapter 8. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give y'all time to get you because I'm just ready to go. Praise the Lord. I hear, I hear pages turning. Praise the Lord. See, some folk got the electronic Bible. They can just slide their finger and they're there. And some of y'all, you know, y'all, y'all got them crisp pages. You, you, you know, you don't go Old Testament too often. Take you a minute. So just, just wet your page turner and uh, let's go. Okay, First Kings chapter 8, verse 15. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which spake with what? He spake with his mouth unto David my father, and hath already done with his what? Hand done what? Fulfilled it. That's what I want to talk about tonight. The hand of God will perform what the mouth of God speaks. The hand of God will perform what the mouth of God speaks. Now, a lot of folks are saying God said some stuff, and it proves out that he didn't because he didn't do it. Okay, quiet and sad. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Because I, 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 really, I really just feel like preaching tonight. I just, man, I just got a thunder in my belly. And so that's why I told him, go ahead and turn the mic up so when I get started, I won't have to stop. Because I really, I really want to connect. Pastor has been in an ongoing series on authority. I know over the last two years that I'm aware of, he's done 40 messages on authority. And uh, they did a tremendous... Uh, Faith's conference not long ago, and then uh, 
Pastor Michelle has been uh, starting back from when she talked to you about your righteousness. Everything has been bringing you up to this moment. So I came today to, 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 to pull, kind of pull a drawstring for this phase so you can step into the next with such a, 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 an intensity and a thrust and not be dragging. The, oh, man. No, 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 no. You got to get a hold of this. You got to come to grips with yourself that God is God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 4. I'm reading virtually the same thing I just read in Kings. Just want to uh, notice he added one little thing different. That's why I read it. So in 1 Kings, he said, God hath with his hand, H-A-N-D, fulfilled it, right? So here in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 4, he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with his hands, plural, fulfilled that which he spake with his mouth to my father David. This God is no respect to a person. If he did what he said to David, he'll do what he said to you. So the word hand in the Hebrew is the word yud. It's spelled Y-A-D, pronounced Y-A-W-D. The primitive root for hand here is talking about the open hand, indicating power, indicating means, indicating might, indicating resources. But I thought this was interesting in the definition of hand. It also indicates direction. So then if the hand of God is the might of God, the resources of God, if the hand of God then is the direction of God, and that tells me there's some instructions that's going to come when God gives you a word, when the mouth of God speaks something to you to do, then he's going to instruct you how to get it done. He's going to give you some directions on that thing. So whenever God speaks to you, it's not just some shot in the dark because you understand that God, amen, is the original Jew. The Hebrew language was created by God and the Hebrew language, amen, the original language was pictograph. In other words, every word has an image. Every word amen, has an image in it. So what happens is we are created to function according to our inner image. Write this down. Let me slow down. I don't know if I tell you this because I'm, I'm right ready to, to, to turn this black hawk on. You know, black hawks don't use runway. We just get up, okay? So write these, write these four things down. Uh, my quality of life, or your quality of life in the kingdom of God is number one, is conceived by your thoughts. It's conceived by your thoughts. So that's why God said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So God gives you his word, which is his thoughts. That's why I say the Bible is the man of God clothing my vocabulary. So when God gives me his words, he gives me his thoughts. You ever know in Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. He didn't say about you. He said he's thinking towards you. God is thinking forward with you. So. Your quality of life in the kingdom, after you've been born again, after you've been blood-bought, after you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, in the kingdom of God, your quality of life is, number one, it's conceived in your thoughts. Number two, it is composed by your choices. When God speaks to you, you got to make a decision whether to do what he said or not. So your quality of life then is composed by the choices that you make. So you got to make a decision. Once I hear God, I'm going to make a decision to obey God. Because God told me way back in 1996 in St. Philip Barbados, 4 o'clock in the morning. He woke me up and he said, when you obey God, you activate the angels of God, the grace of God, and the power of God to accomplish the will of God in your life. And right behind that, he said, when you disobey God, you paralyze the angels of God, frustrate the grace of God, stop the power of God, and enable the enemy to stop the will of God in your life. So number three, number three, number three, my quality of life in the kingdom of God, number one, is conceived by my thoughts. It's composed by my choices. Number three, it's confirmed by my words. So you see why God, say, he watches over his word. You see why God performs his word? Because that's where the confirmation is coming after my words. So my, my quality of life in the kingdom of God is confirmed by my words. So you need to stop saying, I can't take it. I can't deal with it. I can't do this. It's confirmed by your words. And then number four, it is constructed. Constructed by your actions. Faith without works is dead. It's constructed by the things you do every day. On the passage, just talked about being consistent. So my quality of life is going to be constructed by my daily actions after it's been conceived by my thoughts, after it's been composed by my choices, after 
after it's been confirmed by my words, then I go do what I said, what I'm doing, what I've been thinking about. See, so now, now we want to look at this. God uh, performs his word. Whatever the mouth of God speaks, the hand of God is going to go to work and get it done. You remember the book of Genesis, the power, we can say the hand of God, the Holy Ghost was just hovering because God had said nothing. But as soon as God said, let there be, the hand of God brought it to pass. Oh, my man, pastor was preaching the other night. He did such a tremendous word. Y'all grew up here, you know, watching the Aladdin's lamp, and you grew up hearing the word abracadabra. And when you look up the word abracadabra in the uh, dictionary, you know, it talks about enchantments, and it talks about medieval things. But in the answer, abracadabra is a Hebrew word that the devil tried to pervert away from us. Abracadabra means I create as I speak. I speak and create. When I'm speaking, I'm creating. When you're speaking, you're creating something. When God is speaking, he's creating. So when God speaks, his hand got to go bring it to pass because I create as I speak. This is going to be one of them nights in the household of faith. His hand will perform. Perform. The word perform is the Hebrew word quam. Q-U-W-M. It means to fulfill. It means to confirm. It means to ratify. It means to establish. It means to accomplish. It means to finish. So whatever God's mouth start, his hand's going to finish it. Come on here. When God begins to speak to you, when God tells you a thing, I want you to know God's word is not void of power because the anointing, the Holy Ghost, the hand of God, the means of God, the might of God is going to get involved to bring the path with the mouth of God speaks. Why? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So I want you to understand that God's hand is going to manifest the fact that I am God. The word fulfill is the Hebrew word mala. It's spelled like male, M-A-L-E, but it's pronounced male. And this means to feel or accomplish, to confirm, to fulfill, to accomplish, to complete, to perform. Sounds like the same word as perform, don't it? See, he's going to perform it. He said, I'm watching over my word. I'm watching after my word. I don't sleep. I don't slumber. I'm sleeping is what my word is concerned. That is why every time God tells you something and you drag your feet, he says it again. He may say it through the pastor. He may say it through the the traveling evangelist. He may say it through the prophet. He may say it through the television preacher, but he keeps saying what he said because he's going to say what he say and he say what he means and whenever he says it can't come back void, so he just keeps saying what he said. He loved you so much he said, now you know God is not obligated to repeat himself. Let's soak in. Okay. Speak or speak is the Hebrew word dabar, D-A-B-A-R. It means to speak, to declare, to converse, to command, to promise. See, listen, God don't have to promise, but he does. To speak, to say. Now watch, in the verb form, the verb form of dabar focuses only on, not only on the content of spoken verbal communication, but also and especially on the time and circumstance of what is said. Did you hear what I said? His word is not just focused on the word, but it's focused on the time and the circumstance. Do you understand that when God speaks to you, many times there's a time frame on what he tells you to do, and when you don't get it done, in that time frame, you have just become disobedient. That's why sometimes he'll move on and get somebody else because he's going to get it done. See, you, you didn't disrupt his timing. He put you in a time frame so that he could observe and give you opportunities. So when he see you going to defect, let me go on to somebody that's going to get this done because I got a Moedim coming. I got a Moed when it's got to be done by this time and I can't let you forfeit the game. Uh-huh, watch this now, watch this, watch this. The noun, if you take that same word and put it in the noun form, the, the noun, the bar, refers first to what is said, but to the actual word itself. See, that's why when God speaks something, in that word is an image. In that word, and God created us a function according to our inner image. That's why we meditate the word. The entrance of his word gives light. The entrance of his word brings illumination. It gives understanding to the simple when you don't know something, God will just tell you something that it caused something to come alive in you. And where you used to couldn't do it, now you can't see how you can't do it. 
Okay, so let me tell you a couple of things why you can wholeheartedly put your confidence in what God says to you and why the hand of God will perform what the mouth of God speaks. I'm going to give you just a little bit of God's pedigree. Is that all right? Let me just give you a little bit of God's resume. Numbers 23 and 19. Now, I know we can quote it, but sometimes we need to look at the page. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. The Bible says this. I'm just trying to tell you why you can trust God. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Let's go. Let's try it over to Psalms 89. I'm trying to tell you if God says a thing, it's going to be done. When God says something, he's going to do what he says. That's why sometimes he may have to move on from you to get somebody else to get it done because he's going to do what he said. Psalm 89, look at verse 34. Psalm 89, look at verse 34. Psalm 89, 34, the Bible says, My covenant will I not break, nor what? Alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Aren't you glad you would never hear God say, Uh-uh, see, well, what happened was. No, 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 no. Once he says it, he said, I don't alter. If it goes out of my lips, I don't alter it. I'm trying to tell you, God, don't come back and say, you misunderstood me. What I really said was, this. no, 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 no. If, God, if it comes out the mouth of God, he said, I will never alter what goes forth out of my lips. See, that's your integrity check. If you say God said and it fills us to the ground, nothing ever happens of it, then you got to go back and recant that thing and say, you know what, I miss the Lord because God can't lie. Watch verse 35. Watch verse 35. Once have I sworn by my holiness, let me change that, by my character, by my integrity, that I will not lie unto David. If you won't lie to David, he won't lie to Leonard. You got to understand here tonight, if God's mouth says it, since God won't alter it, then God's hand is obligated to bring to pass what God said. Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, come on, roll with me, roll with me. Isaiah 55, you know, we, I know you can quote the scripture, but when you look at it again, sometimes that second look, amen, means just, man, something having to jump out at you. Isaiah 55, we're going to jump straight to verse 10. By the Bible says, for as the rain come up down and the snow from heaven and return not thither, but water of the earth and what maketh it bring forth and bud. The word of God will make your spirit do something it ain't been doing. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The word of God will make your spirit productive. It'll make your spirit begin to produce something. The word of God seed. The word of God will put seed in your spirit. I'm talking about the word of God now. We ain't talking about money right now. But the word of God will put seed in your spirit. Watch this. The Bible said all the money that comes into a man's heart to bring. God don't put $100 bills in your spirit. God puts a word in there and causes you to decide I need to sow a seed of a hundred dollars so he his word will put a seed in you and that seed once it's sown will begin to produce and then that same word will put bread in you what are you saying i'm saying when you're moving by god you can't give yourself broke let me tell y'all a secret when you are under the inspiration of the holy spirit and you are speaking in faith the word of god in your mouth is as powerful as it is in his mouth you just missed it right there i'm trying to tell you when the holy ghost is inspiring you to do a thing hallelujah and then you step out in faith because I'm convinced the Holy Ghost said it. When I step out to do it, then the word of God in my mouth is as power-filled as it is in God's mouth, meaning when I speak, I create. Oh, uh, Listen, well, can you give me just a little volume here? I'm ready to go somewhere. You got me in a strain. Oh, Jesus, I feel like preaching. Watch this. Watch verse 11. Watch verse 11. Watch verse 11. Watch verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Didn't say it ain't coming back. It just ain't coming back empty. I'm trying to tell you when it goes out of his mouth, he said, when I speak a word, that word shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish, it shall perform, it shall fulfill that which I have, and it shall what? Prosper. It shall fulfill that which I please. Please is the Hebrew word for desire. If you fast forward into the New Testament, desire means to ask. Desire means to demand. Desire is what he wants so whatever he wants that's what he says he don't sit around here and, and want a cheeseburger and then go order fries Amen. I really wanted a burger but you know I just got the fries no no he said what he wants and it's your what 
prosper, succeed, watch this, in the thing whereunto I sent it. Have you sent your word yet? God sends his word. In other words, every word out the mouth of God is on assignment. Do you send your word or do you just waste words? Do you just splash words or is your word coming out your mouth on an assignment? When the word leaves your lip, is it going to do something? Is it assigned to accomplish something? Is it on task? Does your word have an assignment? The word of God was sent to heal them and deliver them out of their destruction. We are the them that is in it to heal. It shall not return for Then therefore I must be healed because why I'm already healed but I got to get them. Y'all heard it told Abraham. Abraham here was 75 years old. God made him a father of many nations. God told him his wife was going to have a child 75 years, 76, 78, 79, 80. And then at 86 he went and got him an Ishmael. But God showed back up when he was 99 and said that ain't the one. Yo, the womb of your wife Sarah shall produce the son, the seed of promise. And I want you to know Abraham sat there and looked at God and God said, come here Abraham. In the 15th chapter he said, look up, what do you see? Can you count the stars? No sir. That's what your seed going to look like. Come here Abraham, look at the sand. Can you count the grains of sand? No sir, that's what your seed is going to look like. Then when he went in the tent, God said, look at the dust of the earth. Can you count the dust? That's your seed. I don't care what you look at, what you look up, you look down, you look around. God said, you're seeing the promise. So what he did first, he put it in his eyes. He put it, he let him visualize it. Because you got to understand something. Remember, your quality of life is conceived by your thoughts. You think about what you see. And you think about what you hear. And you need to think about what you say. Some folks say stuff without thinking. That's why I say you need to think about what you say. But then he said, Abraham, and he said, I have made you the father of many nations. What? Abram is half father. We call him big daddy. But when God said Abraham, when he put his name in the middle of Abraham's name, now he said, I'm making you a father of a multitude. Listen, not I'm fin to, I have already done it. Why are you impotent? Why Sarah is barren? I have made you a father of many nations. How did he do it? He said it. When he said Abraham, then and the hand of God had to get on Abraham. So Abraham had to begin to confess what God was saying. What did he say? Every time he said Abraham, he wasn't saying I'm going to be, I'm finna be. I am a father of nations. Every time he introduced his wife, Sarah, this princess is the mother of multitudes. She's still barren. She was barren when she was 13. Barren at 33. Barren at 43. Now at 90. And he's 99. God says, you are Abraham. You ain't going to be. You you are Abraham. You are Sarah. And you know what Abraham said? I am Abraham. She is Sarah. And I came to tell you we know the rest is history. He is the father of multitudes. Abraham, listen here. Hitler killed a million Jews and you still can't count them. You got to understand, you're talking about genocide, suicide. The devil tried, but he lost. Why? Because God's word never returns void. And the hand of God went to work. The hand of God got on Abraham's body and began to move in it. The hand of God got on Sarah's body and began to move. Mind you, they had to get their mouth in line with the word. But I came to tell you, the hand of God began to move on them. These were Hebrews. They understood what that name meant. It takes confidence to say your name is Abraham when you know you're barren. So that's faith right there and I came to tell you the hand of God hooked up with their faith and manifested the word of God Sarah had to get pregnant Abraham had to become potent he had to go from impotent to potent is your faith impotent tonight get the word of God and your faith will become potent let's go to St. John 17 I'm still in God's resume right now I'm just showing you why you can believe God St. John 17 Verse 17. See, we got to understand when the mouth of God speaks a thing, then the hand of God, the might of God, the strength of God, the direction of God, the resources of God are going to begin to bring it to pass. Part of those resources is that anointing that will begin to move in you. St. John 17, 17 says, sanctify, separate them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, if you're a member of this church, I already, you know that you know not only 
only is truth the highest level of reality, but truth is what is true in every circumstance, in every situation is what is true. In other words, I don't care what the circumstance is, the truth is true. I don't care what the situation is, this truth is true. I know you got a doctor's report, but the truth is true. And you got to understand it. God's word is truth. That's why you hear me say, when I have the word of God on my situation, I've got God on my situation. Therefore, my situation must change because God's word is the highest level of reality. And I came to tell you, if you understand that you are righteous, if you will begin to understand that you have authority and that your authority is voice activated and you will make a decision, I'm going to say what God said. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it sounds like. I'm going to say what God said. When you say with the word, then the word of God, heaven and earth may pass. Not one shot, not one tiller of the word of God shall fail. If God says it, it shall come to pass. Let's go to Titus chapter 1. Let's look at Titus chapter 1. I'm just trying to give you his, re- his, his pedigree here. I'm just trying to show you the pedigree of God. Because God is not a man that he should lie. Situations and circumstances don't change God. When my uncle died, his daughter walked by the casket and she said, there lays my hero. She said, let me tell you something about this man that's in this casket. She said, this man never lied to me. Everything my daddy ever told me he was going to do for me, she said, if he had to borrow the money, he got it done. Hallelujah. Well, I came to tell you, God don't have to borrow the money. God's going to get it done. He ain't going to lie to you. Cause Look at Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. We heard God say he won't lie. We heard God promise. We heard him swear what Titus chapter 1 says verse 2 in hope of eternal life which who God that what cannot lie if you can't lie, what you got the promise for? Because I'm a God that backs up my word. I'm going to give you my promise. You ever heard folks tell me, I promise, and they got King's X behind their back. Where they get that foolishness from? No, 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 no. A promise, your word's supposed to be your bond. God said, not only is my word my bond, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. I am my word. Okay, now we can go back to 1 Kings 8. I just want to show you why you can believe him. I mean, you ain't no, ain't no reason to doubt this one. He, he, he said, I can't lie. I promise that I won't lie. I don't alter what goes out of my mouth. Whatever I say, I do. Whatever I speak, I make it good. Verse 20, chapter, 1 Kings 8. We're in verse 20 now. We did verse 15. We jumped down to verse 20. And the Bible says, 1 Kings 8 and 20, and the Lord hath performed. He what? He hath performed his word that he Spake. Do you understand? If God says it, what he said to Jeremiah, I hasten. I'm watching. I'm looking over. I'm looking for. I won't go to sleep. I'm sleepless where my word is concerned. That's why God will wake you up at 2 o'clock in the morning and remind you of what he told you. That's why God will wake you up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and remind you of what he told you. That's why God will ride in the car with you on your way to vacation to remind you of what he told you because I'm watching over my word. I'm watching for my word. That's why when you open your mouth and start saying what God says as a presence that comes on you as a confidence. Why? Because God said, I ain't just watching over it. I'm watching for it. Oh, you saying what I'm saying? Angels go go to work. Angels hearken to what? The voice of the word of God. When God puts a word in you and you put that word in your spirit and you meditate on that word, you chew that word, you digest that word, and then all of a sudden you regurgitate that word. It comes out of your belly, gets in your mouth, gets formed with your tongue, and it's spoken out of your lips in faith. Angels are released. Why? Because God's hand will perform what God's mouth speaks even if he's speaking through you. God had performed his word. Not just what you want to jump up and say, oh, I'm believing God to be a billionaire. I'm believing God for two Rolls Royces. Well, God ain't said nothing about that. We got folks, why don't you confess the word? See, if you confess the word, you might get you a Bentley. You know why? Because he's going to give you goodly houses. And a goodly house has got a three-car garage, so the furniture for the garage. Okay, y'all got that. Let's, I don't even want to go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Watch this, watch this. And I am risen up in the room of David, my father, and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord Debar. He spoke, he promised, he said. Solomon didn't just get it. Y'all do know he had a brother tried to get the throne, don't you? While David was weak, he got a little, he got his little posse together, and they about to have a celebration. But the prophet of God went and told the mama, and the mama went and told David, and David said, This was to get my mule. Come on here. Why? Because God's word was on it. It wasn't just a favorite son. It was a son under a word from God. That's why I don't worry about my children when they make that mistake and step off the sidewalk. Uh-uh. Because there's a word out on my children and it shall prevail. It shall prevail. It shall come to pass. You got to understand. See, other people are seeing them through the eyes of the flesh. I'm seeing them through the eyes of what God said. I got a friend right now. Hallelujah. He preached out five churches, got about 17 churches up under him. But I came to tell you something. Hallelujah. He was born rebellious. He was all born in sin. Come on here. 15 years old, he was pimping. Had three drug houses, four prostitutes. And his mama prayed till she got sick. Prayed till she had a stroke. They said, stop praying for that boy. That boy is going to be the death of you. He ain't going to never be no good. She said, that ain't what God said. When he was in my womb, God said I was carrying a prophet. God said I was carrying a man of God. Can I tell y'all something? Brother BK hidden went to Denver, Colorado and preached. You can be like Jesus. That man heard that message. Went on the 40 day and 40 night fast. Fast for I'll skip the salvation part. But when he went to his mama, he said, mama ain't gonna never hurt you no more. But after that 40 day and 40 night fast, God said, before you break your fast, go pray for your mama. I'm gonna give your mama a miracle. He walked in and fell across the bed and said, mama, God told me he gonna give you a miracle. Laid his hands on his mama that had a stroke praying for him. Prayed the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus. Mama shot that left hand up and said, Lord, I thank you. Got up and danced a jig and was healed to the day she died. I came to tell y'all, I don't care what it looks like. It is what it is, but baby, it's not what it looks like. Let the devil know you better look again. Amen. And I built the house of the Lord and Solomon stood before the altar in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven and said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above on earth beneath who keep us covenant and mercy with thy servant that walk before thee with all their heart who has kept with my servant David, my father, that thou promised him Thou speakest also with thy mouth and hast fulfilled it with thy hand. Second Chronicles chapter 6 verse 10. I'm trying to get you to understand if God says it, you got to understand. The devil is playing with your mind, got you guessing. See, I was talking, talking to the man of God. It's a sad thing to be in this life and don't know the voice of God. When you don't know the voice of God, you don't know who's talking to you. Remember, he did not say a stranger's voice you won't hear. He said a stranger's voice you won't follow. You won't imitate it. You won't obey it. Verse 10, 2 Chronicles 6, verse 10. The Lord therefore hath performed his word that he has spoken. For I'm raised up in the room of David, my father, and set on the throne as the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord. And in it have I put the ark, wherein is the covenant of the Lord that he made with the children of Israel. And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands, for Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long, and five cubits broad, and three cubits high, and had set it in the midst of the court, and upon it he stood and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hand toward heaven and said Lord God of Israel there is no God like thee in the heavens nor in the earth they sang a song there's no God like Jehovah you got to understand there's no God like our God come on here which keep us covenant God keeps covenant he don't just cut covenant he keeps coming can I tell you he don't put loopholes in the covenant why when he cuts the covenant he fully intends to fulfill the covenant in your life you show mercy unto the servants that walk before thee with all their heart. That's a responsibility that we must cultivate. I was talking to my wife the other day about things that's going on in the body of Christ. And I told her the problem is nobody preaches holiness. Yeah, you got men of God that live holy, but they drop the message. 
And folks coming into the body of Christ have not heard anything about holy living. That's why they have jacked up character. And you got to understand that holiness is the lifestyle of the righteous. When you are uncompromisingly righteous, you will live holy. That which was, verse 18, which was kept with thy father David, my father, that which thou hast promised, and spake us with thy mouth, and has fulfilled with thy hand. Now, therefore, Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David, my father, that which thou hast promised him, saying, that shall not fail thee to be a man on the throne. He said, you did that, then do the next thing. In the sight to sit upon the throne of Israel, yet so that thy children take heed to their way to walk in my law as thou hast walked before me. You understand? God gave the children a responsibility. This ain't just a free ride to live like the devil and then get the benefits. No, no, no. He said, there's a lifestyle that goes with this. Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. See, when, when God's mouth speaks a thing, God's hand goes to work. So when God's mouth ain't speaking, his hand has nothing to do. The hand don't work independent of the mouth. God got to say a thing. That's why the Bible said Jesus was in the in, in his house teaching one day. Pharisees, doctors of the law from every, every part of the region was out there. I mean, the finest donkeys in the land was parked out there. Come on here. I wonder if they had thoroughbred donkeys out there. But bless God, they came to try him. Watch this. Because he spoke the word, the power or the hand of God was present to heal them. It tells me he had to teach about the healing in the covenant and the hand of God came to bring it to pass. But guess what? That was a missing ingredient. Nobody put their faith out to believe it until four men with a friend. So we can't get in the door? We can't get in the window? Let's go to the roof. Now, Pastor Steele, for 40 years of preaching, I was mesmerized by how they get on the roof. You remember when Elijah went to Shuna? They built him a house. They built it on the roof. Well, if you built a house on the roof, ain't there a ladder up there? And that just makes sense, right? Well, in Jerusalem, most of the roofs are flat, and they sit there. Remember, Jesus said, "If you're on the rooftop, don't come down." So they got ladders on the side of the house to go up to the roof. So they didn't have to be on no scaffold. They just got the boogie and went upstairs. Come on, they just walked up that stairway. Got, now, when they got up there, now they got to bust up 14 inches of plaster. Why? Because the word of God has been spoken, and the hand of God is here to perform it. God needs something to do with what he said. So when Jesus saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. When he, he, he heard them thinking, he said, oh, you, so that you would know the son of man have power on earth to forgive sin, take up your bed and walk. And the man got up immediately and went to his house. He came through a hole, but he went out the door. But listen, wasn't no room to get in, but they parted like the Red Sea to let him up out of there. I'm trying to tell you, if the mouth of God speaks, the hand of God is going to bring it to pass. You should be in Acts chapter 11 by now. Verse 18. And when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God. Peter just testified why he preached to the Gentiles. Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Do you remember what Jesus told them in John 10? He said, other sheep I have that are not of this fold. See, Jesus said, I did not come to the lost sheep of the Gentiles. I came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He told the disciples when they first went out, go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But Jesus said, I got other sheep that's not of Israel that's got to come in. So now after the death, burial, and resurrection, now I got to get the Gentiles in. So for 10 years, they only preached to the lost sheep of the house of Israel except Peter went to Cornelius house and got that Gentile saved but now it's about to break out here and the Bible says now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but only the Jews the Jews only right and some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene which when they were come to Antioch spake to who? The Grecians preaching the Lord Jesus. And look at verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Why? Because the mouth of God said the Gentiles has got to be a part of this coming. The mouth of God said other sheep I have is not of this foe. So the hand of God has got to get the Gentiles in the family. Aren't you glad you've been made acceptable in the family of the beloved? You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear son. Why? Whatever the mouth of God speaks, the hand of God's going to perform it. Let's go back to Ezra. 
Because one of the things that I saw as I was studying on this, I began to see that in the hand of God, part of the resources of God is favor. Favor is a part of the thing it takes to bring to pass what God says. See, God will speak to a broke man economically. What am I saying? You ain't broken your spirit. Your pocket just empty. I had a friend. Never forgot it. He told me I was preaching for him in 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90. In 1990, we was talking. He said, Ford, I ain't worried about being broke. I said, why? He said, because I got money in your pocket. So, see, God's got money in somebody else's pocket. He, he Just say yes. He know how to get it to you. His hand will move on somebody that's got the money, and they'll bring it to you. God can shock you. You, you sitting around here, and you're trying to figure out, Lord, how you going to get there? Well, he's going to come by and honest. Just know that. Y'all in Ezra chapter 7, the Bible says, For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. Remember, part of God's hand was direction. He came to Jerusalem according to the good hand of God. He came to Jerusalem by the direction of God. You got to understand when my daughter was in college, it was time to pay $3,500 for that semester. And I didn't have $3,500 and I had been talking to God about it for over three weeks. I had been putting a demand on it. I had been calling it in and asking God, what's my direction? See, you got to get a direction. Because God didn't have the money. See, the money is in the earth. So I'm putting a demand on the own. I'm calling the money and then I'm asking God, okay, God, what's my part of it? What's my step? On that third week, I got up that night about 10 o'clock and I began to pray in the spirit. And then about 3 o'clock that morning, the Holy Ghost fell on me and I started to write. And I wrote out a powerful sermon. And then God said, I want you to go to Pine Bluff to this particular church and I want you to preach that message. I said, Lord, I ain't talked to that man in two months. He didn't invite me to come to his church and preach. God said, I want you to go to his church and preach it. So by this time, it's almost time to go to church here in Little Rock. So I told my wife, she said, well, baby, you, I, you know, I'm running the bookstore. I got to go to church, but I'll see you when you get back. So she went on to Agape, and I got up and went to Pine Bluff. When I came in, one of the ushers knew who I was. She said, oh, pastor's in the study. She took me in the pastor's study. He was sitting there sick as a dog. Hives in his face. He was drinking some hot brew he had put together and had five poster boards laying on his desk. I said, Pastor, what's going on? He said, come on, you come on this side of this. You, you came to preach. I already know. He said, I told God at 4 o'clock this morning that I'm too sick to preach. And if he don't send me a ram in the bush, I'm going to write this message on poster boards. He said, so you my ram, so sit down. <laughs> now watch this. How, how many folk give you $3,500 for preaching on Sunday morning? No, no. So I went in there, and I knew what God had told me to preach. So he got up, received his tithes and offerings, and I preached that morning. The power of God fell in that church while I'm preaching. Folk were just running to the altar, throwing money at my feet. And I ain't even preaching on money, but the power of God came. When I got through preaching, he said, wait a minute, what are you doing? He said, you need to raise an offering. So I came back, and I raised the prophet's rewards offering, and they gave. And then when I got through, he told the deacon, he said, since I asked him to preach, give him my regular honorarium. He didn't tell me that at 4 o'clock in the morning. He just said, go down to the man's church and preach. I left there that morning with $3,700 instead of thirty-five. God knows how to get it to you. You just got to hear clearly and obey quickly. When the mouth of God speaks, the hand of God is going to work. Stop getting depressed. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Oh, he wasn't just looking for a sermon. He was looking for something to do. And to teach in Israel statutes and judgment. Now, this is the copy of the letter that the king Azarias, I mean, Artaxerxes gave unto Ezra, the priest, the scribe, even a scribe of the words of the commandments of the Lord and of his statutes to Israel. Now, watch this. Artaxerxes, king of kings, unto Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace at such a time. I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, under my authority, is what the king of kings is saying here, which are minded of their own free will. Ain't got a chorus. Nobody don't want them stubborn folks who don't want to do. 
to go up to Jerusalem, go with him, those who got a, a mind to go. For as much as thou art sent of the king and of his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem according to the law of thy God which is in thine hand. Now don't get confused because Artaxerxes is king of kings. He's just like Solomon. He's just the mightiest king in the land. He's a pagan, a heathen. He's not a Hebrew. But God can use those two. Watch this. Watch verse 15. And to carry the silver and gold which the king and his counselors have freely offered unto the God of Israel whose habitation is in Jerusalem. Stop. What kind of offering do you think a king was seeing? You did read it. He said the silver and the gold which the king and his counselors have what? Freely offered. They didn't go begging. God spoke to the king. Oh, I know. When I was in Morbid, Nigeria, and I was preaching, and a tall man came in, about 6'5", bald head, head big like a bowling ball. Had a woman come in, a bunch of cloth on, wrapped up looking like a princess, and God gave me a word of knowledge about pain, and they brought her up because she, she understood. And so when I spoke it, before the interpreter could interpret, she got up, and he walked her to the platform. I prayed for the woman. The power of God knocked her out. She stayed out for about 10 or 15 minutes. I finished praying for the other people. The next morning, there was a knock at my door. They said, Prince J.O. Mushashi is inviting you to breakfast. I said, you at the wrong door. I'm preaching for Clifford Sagay. I'm not preaching for Mr. Uh, Mushashi. They said, you don't understand. Mr. Mushashi is Prince Mushashi. And Prince Mushashi wants you to come to the palace for breakfast. I don't know no Prince Mushashi. Sagay ain't told me nothing about Mushashi. I said, who this Mushashi? Then he said, last night, you remember the tall guy? Yes. The lady? Yes. That was Princess Margaret. They want you for breakfast. I looked at my host. He said, go to breakfast, man. So I got up. They waited. I took a shower. I got to get dressed to go to the palace. You know, you can't go up in there sagging, yo, dog, what's up? <laughs> no, nah, I got up. I got dressed like I'm going to a palace. I'm going to meet a prince. And in the car, they gave me, you know, you got to get protocol. You know, I'm walking there, yo, dog, what it is? Yo, what's up, Prince? No, no, no. So they gave me my little protocol. We get out the car. I come to the thing, and I'm looking at this massive gates, eight-foot-tall doors on the house. Not the gate. The doors on the house is eight-foot-tall, and all these men out here, you know, with these rifles, AK-7s on their shoulder. And then I walk into the palace. It's a marble palace like J.D. Clampers, you know. Just, I mean, there's marble everywhere. And then I don't see one servant. I see an army outside. I don't see one maid, one butler. The prince looked in my eyes. He said, oh, you looking for the house servants? I said, yes. He said, no, man. Princess Margaret wants to serve you herself. So, you know, I'm going to this big old beautiful table, dining room so long. And he says, Princess Margaret has been in pain for seven years. He said, if doctors could have cured her, I got money. She would have been cured. He said, you praise. She got up, no pain. She slept with no pain. She awoke this morning with no pain, and she has given the cooks off. She wants to feed you. I'm sitting here having breakfast in the palace with the prince that I didn't even know. And somebody had told the prince I had encountered a glitch in my travel. He said, I heard you have a small problem. I said, I like this man. <laughs> I said, here's what I didn't tell you. God spoke to me to go to Nigeria, but he also spoke to me to go to Las Vegas after Nigeria. So he said, I need you to be in Las Vegas December the 26th. To make that work, I got to come out of Africa December the 23rd. But when I got there, they had my ticket messed up. When I go to get the ticket straight now, they said, no, man, it's holiday time. You can't change it. You got to be here to the first of the year. I said, that ain't what God said. Everybody told me, you don't understand. This is Africa. If they say you can't go, you can't go. I said, you don't understand. I already bought a ticket for Las Vegas. God told me to go to Las Vegas. Whatever it takes, I'm getting out of Africa, and I'm going to Las Vegas. I preached on the authority of the believer. I preached all things, the power of them that believe, and the prince shows up. The prince gets healed. So I tell the prince what's going on, and the prince says, no problem. I said, I really like this man. No, no. He said, I'm a government advisor. He said, I just loaned them a half a million dollars at no interest. He said, when I speak, they listen. Now, now I, don't, I do not advise anybody to do what I'm going to tell you I did. 
The prince said, give me your ticket and your passport, and I'll go to Lagos and I'll fix it. If you're in a foreign country, hide your passport and your ticket. You will become an American African. Yeah, you know what an African American is, right? <laughs> I would have been an American African. I'd have been stuck in Africa, no passport, no ticket. But inside, the Holy Spirit said, trust him. I gave the man what he asked for, had a good fellowship, went back to the room, and I'm praying, and I knew I went to sleep. And I'm not a dreamer, but I had a dream that I had a purple and gold ticket. Well, I went over with a purple ticket. I didn't have a purple and gold ticket. The, the, the book, the ticket goes in. Two days passed by. I'm still preaching. They come back. They knock on my desk, on my door. They said, here, sir, problem solved. So I took it and tossed it on the nightstand to turn and greet them and walk them back to the car. When I walked back in the room, Brother Ed says, he called me, he said, preach, look at the nightstand. I looked. He said, your dream, that was a purple and gold cover with the ticket sticking out of it. So long story made short, the 23rd, I go to the airport. And the prince said, this is hectic time. Look for a hygie. I said, who is a hygie? He said, he's six foot eight. I said, tell him I'm five foot ten, and I got on a green leather jacket. In Africa, a green leather jacket, you'll be easy to find. So I'm in the line is like long from here to the sound booth, and people is just pushing, you know, struggling. I'm thinking, where is a hygie? I don't, I don't want to fight through the queue line. And all of a sudden, this hand hit me on the shoulder. I looked up. I said, That's a hygie. <laughs> and he says, where's your luggage? I said, here. He picked it up and said, come with me. Now, I'm in Q class. He said, come with me. We were the first class. He said something in his native tongue to somebody behind there. They said, who packed the bag? I said, me. They said, what's in it? I said, clothes. He said, stamp, stamp, go. I'm in front of the line. I'm going back to the gate now. What happened? If the mouth of God speaks it, the hand of God's going to perform it. I don't care if you're in Nigeria. I don't care where you are. If God says it, you, you can't try to figure this out. Just know the hand of God is going to show up wherever the mouth of God sent me. The hand of God went with me, and God's about to do a thing that's going to be marvelous in my eyes. So the Bible says, the king gave it. Thou, verse 17, that thou mayest buy, how quick? Y'all got lost. Verse 17. Speedily with what? This money. The money what money? The money the king gave. Bullocks, rams, lambs, their meat offering and their drink offering, and offered them upon the altar of the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. Notice, he didn't make them travel with the beast. He said, take this money and buy the beast. Whatsoever shall seem good to thee, he trusts the man of God, and to thy brethren to do with the rest. I know I'm giving you more than you need. Boy, we want to, we, we waiting for pastor, pastor to put a thing up there and say, we believe in God for $3 million, and when, when we get to, to, to $50 away from it, we want to give the 50 and shout and let that go away. Somebody got some more. That's all right. We the rest to go. That's the stop. <laughs> Watch this. God is a God of more than enough, children. Watch what he says. He says, do with the rest of the silver and the gold. Do after the will of your God. He's trusting these men. The vessels also that are given thee for the service of the house of thy God, those delivered thou before the God of Jerusalem, and whatsoever more shall be needful for the house of thy God, which thou shalt have occasion to bestow, bestow it out of the king's treasure house. Look at God. <laughs> and you thought your biggest giver left church. You don't even know your biggest giver yet. His name is Yahweh. And I, even I, Artaxerxes the king, do make a decree to all the treasurers which are beyond the river. Remember, he's king of kings. The whole providence is under his rule. He says, so now I'm talking to folks on the other side of the river. All the treasurers beyond the river that whatsoever Ezra the priest, the scribes of the law of God of heaven shall require it be done speedily. Whatever he need, whatever else. Now he gave him surplus with anything else you decide to bestow. You know, visions unfold. So 
By the time you, you think you shouting because we got the building paid for it, we got to kind of get the plane now. By the time we get the plane, well, we got to get the pilot survey together. And you know, with the plane, you got to have a mechanic. We got to do maintenance. You, get, you can't pull up on cloud nine and, and, and refuel. No, you got to do this right. Watch, watch, I love verse 22. Watch this. Unto a hundred talents of silver, to a hundred measures of wheat, and to a hundred baths of wine, and to a hundred baths of oil, and salt without prescribing how much. Don't even matter how much salt they need. Just give it to them. Whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done for the house of the God of heaven. But why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his son? Also, we certify you that touching any of the priests, Levites, singers, porter, nephilim, the ministers of the house of God, it shall not be lawful to impose toll, tribute, custom upon them, and you can't tax them. Watch this. I look, now watch him, watch him get involved with discipleship. And thy Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thy hand, said magistrates and judges and may judge all the people that are beyond the river, all such as know the laws of thy God, and teach them that don't know it. Exodus 3. See, he sets you up for discipleship. They don't know, teach them, train them. Because you're going beyond the river. They ain't heard it, that's all right. Go over there and teach them. The king is bankrolling it. But you got to understand, he in the earth is king of kings, but we know who the king of kings is. See, so he, he let you know, I ain't just lord over the saved king. I can get the pagan king to do something for me. So stop trying to figure out God's job and just do what he asked you to do. Sometimes he just told you to go. He told, he told John Lake to go to Africa. He ain't had no money. He had no money to get there. Well, to get off the boat, you're supposed to have a place to stay. He ain't got nowhere to stay. He just got in line with his family on his way off. The other lady standing there at the boardwalk. Are you Dr. Lakes? Yes. I got a house for you and your family. God told me to take care of you. While you're now, he, now he got an address. He didn't get it until he got to Africa. You ain't trying to leave your house. Go to Chicago. I don't know about in Chicago. What am I doing when I get to Chicago? Who is in Chicago? Go listen to me. Go to Chicago. Go to Chicago. Lord, do you know how far it is to get to Chicago? Do you know how cold Chicago is? <laughs> Verse 18. Exodus 3.18. Now, you know he didn't talk to Moses. Moses and saw the bush and all this, but I'm trying to get you to see something. And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shall come, thou and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, the Lord God of the Hebrews have met with us, and now let us go, we beseech thee, three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I'm sure that the king of Egypt would not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. When you understand that, he said, except by a mighty hand. In other words, he ain't going to let you go until he feel the might of my hand. Your enemy is going to try to hold you until he feel the power of your God. Now watch this. And I'm going to stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he's going to let you go. So we just saw that the hand of God is going to get involved with the mouth of God. When Moses is fearing, trembling, and stuttering, said, you know, God, I'm not eloquent. I'm, I'm slow of speech. He said, boy, who made your mouth? But then he sent Aaron with him. He said, so take Aaron's rod and go on down there. But the Bible said he had the rod of God in his hand. When he got before Pharaoh, see, God told him all this in the wilderness before he got with his dad-in-law and took off. So I'm trying to tell you, when the mouth of God speaks, God already knows where you're going, and the hand of God is going to assist you. And God said, verse 21, I'm going to give this people favor. We just saw it on Ezra, didn't we? See, the hand, part of the hand of God is favor. He said, I'm going to give this people favor in the sight of the slave master. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. 400 years in bondage and you're a slave. They won't even give you enough brick, enough slime to make brick for them. But God said, when you leave, you ain't leaving empty. That's the mouth of God. But the hand of God got to make it happen. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment, and you shall put them on your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall spoil. The word spoil is nostal. It means to plunder, to strip, to pluck, 
to snatch away, to recover, to take out, to tear for oneself, uh, to tear oneself away, to deliver yourself. He said, not only am I bringing you out with your stuff, I'm bringing you out with your freedom. I'm bringing you out with your dignity restored. God said, I'm telling you, he's going to send the Now, the women, you know, more than likely worked in the house. So they had to clean and polish all the silver and gold. They knew what the good stuff was. Yeah, they knew. You send the men in there, he don't know. He's just shining. No, 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 no. That, that's the costume drill. We want, we want the big rock. We want what the mouth of God said they're coming out. Been in bondage for how are we gonna come out? But God already told Abraham before they went in how long they was gonna be there. And it looked like at this time the word to Abraham can't come to pass. Why? Because you did not pay attention to the hand of God. Whatever the mouth of God speaks, beloved, the hand of God is gonna bring it to pass. So what has God said to you? What have God told you? How bad do your circumstances look? How big are your circumstances? How strong are your circumstances? What are you listening to? What voice are you paying attention to? But they said this, but they said that. But what did God say? I know what God said, but they said this, and they said that. What did God say? I told you I know what God said, but they said this, and they said that. Whose report do you believe? Listen, I ain't trying to be funny, but, man, they tell me about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. If this ain't done, they told that woman, we're going to take your kids, and we're going to put them in the debtor's prison. And she called a man of God, and the man of God said, what you got in the house? What I got in the house? I ain't got nothing in the house but a part of all. He said, that's enough. I'm trying to tell you, God, give you more on your way. He said, tell your sons to go borrow pots. Go borrow all I got. Let me see your water bottle. Let me see your water bottle. He's all the oil I got. All the oil I got is in all the water I got is in this bottle. What am I gonna borrow another bottle? I don't need a pot. She said, "Go borrow pots, not a few." What happened? The mouth of God is speaking, and the hand of God is gonna work. But remember, you got a part to play. Your, your remember the direction. Your instruction is to borrow every pot in the county. I bet you Junior and Trey ain't bagging up because they know if this don't work, we finna be slaves. Junior said, Trey, put that little old thing down. Get the big wagon, man. Yeah, we're going to find pots. He said, get some rope. They had tie downs like we got. Get the tie down. We're going to make sure these pots, we're going to stack them up and tie them down. They ain't falling. We ain't breaking one pot. Every pot counts. Boy, when they got back and started the assembly line, watch what God said. Close the door. Ain't nobody else been to what God told you behind the scenes. Just work it. Boy, they closed the door. They started the assembly line. And after a while, after that first pot got filled up, I, ooh, bring me another pot, another pot. You know, after a while, this thing, is, it ain't even work no more. It's fun now. You know what? Every pot says freedom. Every pot says free. Every pot says no slavery. Every pot says no prison for me. Man, keep them pots coming. They rolling them pots through there. And all of a sudden, mama said, give me another pot. They said, we out of pots. He watch this, watch this. Now I need another instruction. She didn't, she, see, she didn't go here. She went right back to the voice of the man of God represents God and she said man of God he said now go sell it pay off the debt and you and your children live off the rest aren't you glad that God just not a car payment God he bring you the title come on here and money to put gas in the tank and keep insurance on it I'm trying to tell you if the mouth of God is speaking the hand of God is working and we got to make a decision I believe God I trust God if you know that you hear him see the first thing you got to do is be able to hear clearly because once I clearly hear him. It's a done deal because he don't alter what goes out of his mouth. He can't lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. Meaning he's not going to change his mind. He ain't going to turn around and go south on it. If God says it as far as I'm concerned, the Bible said his word is forever settled in heaven. Well, if he said it to me, I'm about to sell it in the earth. Why? Because he said your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What you said in heaven, it is. What you say to me in earth, it is. Because I got your hand to move. I got your hand to create. I create as I speak, God creates as He speaks. We look at Gideon. Gideon back there said, Lord, you know. And he said, You mighty man of valor. Who you talking to? He creates when he speaks. When he spoke to Gideon, Gideon was a coward. But a little while later, Gideon said, Listen, here, there ain't but 300 of us left. Let's go get him. What happened? He got an instruction. He had to go down to the enemy's camp and hear something. Whatever it takes to move you into that place of faith, if you just follow God, he'll lead you there to where you're confident. See, he needed Gideon's confidence to come up so he could act in faith on what he said. That is why faith cometh by hearing. That's why God will repeat himself because he knows you don't get it the first time you hear it. But if you keep hearing and you keep hearing, after a while you're going to add here to what you hear. And when you add here to what you hear, then you're about to behold the mighty power of God. You're about to behold the Lamb of God. God moving like he ain't never moved.